AgriTalk is brought to you by Full Scale from Helena. Grow Strong returns this season with breakthrough foliar nutrition from Full Scale at Reproduction. And by Propane. Propane is the energy for everyone, especially farmers. Environmentally friendly propane can fuel most anything on the farm. See how at propane.com. The markets were closed, but we've got a brand new sled full of marketing perspective. We're ready to park under your Christmas tree. So hang on. And I don't mean to scare anyone, but we're going to be thinking about math and how math can make your strategy planning easier for the year ahead. From Christmas Day in the USA via Farm Journal broadcast, this is AgriTalk. This afternoon, it's a conversation with Chris Barron of CNB Farms and AgView Solutions. I'm handsome newsman Davis Michelson, and now here's the host of AgriTalk, Chip Laurie. Hey, Merry Christmas, everyone. Woo! Glad that you're joining us, Davis. I yep. hope you got a new year supply of Speedos for Christmas. Absolutely, I did. I did. Shiny Fantastic. ones, too. I haven't wow. even been through them all. Yeah. Yep. That's that's the fashion for the year ahead, huh? The mm-hmm. shiny Speedo. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm hoping so. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, my goodness. I, on the other hand, did not get any Speedos. Oh, no Speedos? No. Oh, you must have been bad this year. Clearly. No. Huh? Good boy. Good boy all the way. Mm-hmm. Good boy all the way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we hope everybody out there got everything that you wanted. And uh, for me, I did. I got to spend time with the grandkids. There you go. Yep. So, Always good to spend time with family, friends, yeah. you know, whoever you got. Yep. It's that time yep, of year. Yep. You know, I should mention this right away up, up front. It Here it is. It's Christmas Day. The markets are closed. We, yeah. we've, we've got this show ready for you. Great conversation coming your way for uh, with, with Chris uh, Barron from AgView Solutions. And the reason I say that is because I know it's a great conversation because it was recorded last week. Um, but here we are. We've got to get back to work already tomorrow. There's no time to get over any of that Christmas layover hangover. No. Uh you got we got to jump right back into it. Well, you do. Oh. <laughs> oh. Is that how we're going to play it? I I'm see. afraid so. I I'm see, afraid I so. See. I have reached capacity. You know what I mean? Yes. I'm at capacity. I just need I to recharge a little. Mean. I you need to huddle like in it. a corner and sob for a day or two, and then I'll be fine. <laughs> uh, you know what you need? You need like mm. three boxes of chocolate chip cookie mix. Oh, yeah. You know, some yeah. eggnog mm-hmm. um, and a blanket. Boy, I like the sound of that. Yeah. And then that just sounds take, like good medicine. See And see where it takes you from that. Davis is going to be <laughs> off the rest of the week, uh, but yeah. we will be here to keep the conversations going for you. Um, speaking of keeping the conversations going, let's go ahead mm-hmm. and uh, jump into some of the market news from last week. Yeah, we'll just kind of hit some of the highlights here. Yeah. Uh, last week, soft red winter wheat futures were able to hold on to mid-morning gains on Friday while hard red winter wheat drifted lower and spring wheat futures remained tethered to unchanged. Uh, the potential for rain in U.S. hard red winter wheat country limited buying in that market, but Friday's late updates to the forecast chip moved the best rains east of winter wheat country March hard red winter wheat futures on Friday, three and three quarters cents lower at 623. March SRW wheat was up three and three quarters 
616 at a quarter, and on Friday, March spring wheat closed at 714 at a quarter. That was unchanged. Yeah, it was a defensive week defensive week for mm-hmm. the wheat market last week. Uh, March SRW wheat down 13 cents, HRW March down 19 and three quarters, and March spring wheat down 16 and a half cents. Well, March corn saw a two and a half cent trading range Friday as the market posted an inside trading day. Still, March corn did post a close above the opening range to help prices climb away from last Wednesday's contract low at 468 and a quarter. Despite back to back higher closes, the chart pattern for front month corn decidedly bearish as of the yeah. close on Friday. March corn futures were a half cent higher, 473. May corn up a half cent to 485 and three quarters. July corn futures. Closed at four ninety five and a half, up half a penny on the day. Decidedly bearish, Chip. Yeah, and you know a little bit of spread movement last week, but not a lot. March corn last week was down a dime. July corn last week was down nine and a quarter cents. Hmm. Well, the first meaningful rain in weeks in Brazil's northern production areas put the bean market on the defensive to end last week. March beans posted more than a 40-cent trading range last week with the contract starting near the high of the week and ending with a low-range close. March bean futures traded with the 12 handle for the first time since mid-October. January beans on Friday, two and a half cents higher, 12.99 and three quarters. March beans up four and a half to 13.06 and one quarter. May beans closed Friday at 13.16 and three quarters. That's up three and one half cents, Chip. All right. Uh, on the week last week, March beans down 25 and a quarter. It was a tough week, and it probably should have been with the amount of rain that did fall up in central Brazil. Now, as we look forward, it's not going to be nearly as frequent or as as as, um, as widespread. So there's some changes coming there. But March beans on the week down 25 and a quarter. July beans last week down 27 and a half cents. March bean oil down 113 points. And March bean meal down five and a half bucks a ton. Did you say it rained up in central Brazil? Is that like that upslope snow stuff? <laughs> Weird. <laughs> Focus. March cotton futures. I spent uh, nearly the entire week last week between 79 and 80 cents. March cotton on Friday was 63 points higher, 79.76. Yeah, down 17 points on the week. Cash cattle prices firmed about a dollar last week. That was the first weekly gain in cash bids since the middle of November. In response, live cattle futures traded in a very narrow range last week with little price movement. Feb fat cattle, 15 cents lower Friday, 168.52 and a half. The April contract down a nickel, 177.12 and a half. And March feeders up a dollar two and one half on Friday to 2.24 and 40. And finally, Chip, hope that cash hogs were building a seasonal low helped lean hog futures close higher Friday. February hogs, 70 cents higher, 71.35. April up 62 and a half to 77.57 and one half, Chip. Yeah, February live cattle at the end of uh, the week were down 82 and a half cents from the previous Friday. March feeder cattle down two dollars. Excuse me, March feeder cattle up two dollars twenty-two and a half cents, and February lean hogs down fifty-five cents last week. It was a big report day on Friday for. I was going to mention that for yeah. the livestock. Uh, had a cattle on feed report out on Friday. The total number of calves placed. In November, down 1.9%. The trade expected a 3.8% decline. So placements were down, just not down as much as what the trade was expecting. Marketings, down 7.4%. The trade expected 6.7%. So down and down more than what the trade was expecting. 
So that all translates into a little bit bigger total number of cattle on feed on December 1. Uh, came in at up 2.7%. The trade was looking for a 2.2% increase. So that Rich Nelson, we had Rich Nelson from Allendale on the show on Friday. Uh, he called it slightly bearish. And mm-hmm. I think that's probably right. If for no other reason than the attitude in the cattle complex is bearish. Yep. And you get any kind of a number that adds to that. And it just emboldens the sellers that have been in that market. And with the positioning that we had, don't forget, March feeder cattle last week up $2.22.5. Now, if we would have been down $2.22.5 last week, then I would say that this report was probably neutral. Instead, now we've got a little bit to build on there. Uh, All hogs and pigs basically steady on December 1. The trade was looking for a half-point decline. Kept for breeding down 3.3%. Trade was looking for a 1.2% decline. And kept for marketing up 0.32%. The trade was looking for a half point decline. I don't know, man. I think there's room for one more piece of pecan pie. What do you think? There's room. There's room. It'll go. There's always room. Hey, Merry Christmas, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us. Stay tuned. We got Chris Barron, Eggview Solutions, next. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. Our name says it all. Agritalk. What more do you need to know? Welcome back to Agritalk on this Christmas day. Merry Christmas, everyone. Glad that you're with us. You know, Davis, it, uh-huh. it, it's kind of a fun day, isn't it? It, it is, yes, it's the most fun day of the entire year. I think yes. I can maybe go along with that. It, yeah? it, is a, it is a ton of fun, especially on Christmas 2023 mm-hmm. when I don't have to be out there pushing a bunch of snow around. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Love mm-hmm. it, love it. All right, let's get down to business on this Christmas day. Chris Barron, C&B Farms, Eggview Solutions, joins us right now. Chris, Merry Christmas, buddy. How are you doing, bud? I'm doing awesome. Merry Christmas, you guys. Uh, hopefully, uh, Stan is being good to you today. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, he's, you know, when you're as good as we are throughout the course of the year, Chris, <laughs> he's got no choice. Yeah. yeah Solidly you know? on the good uh, list. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> uh-huh. Sounds like All there's right. a lot in the bag. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> All right, man. Here we are at the end of the year. 
Uh, it's time to take a look back at 2023. And you are in a unique position just because of where you farm to evaluate the 2023 growing season. Now, when we when we talk about um, 2023 in the future, what are going to be what are going to be the memories that come back to you on the crop side? Well, for me in our in our own farm operation, and you think, you know, and for people to have a little perspective, um, just envision the drought map um, mm-hmm. somewhere in that September time frame, and you look at the dark maroon color where it didn't rain, and we're kind of in that kind of, we are in that zone. Yep. Um, we had, I don't know, six or seven clients that we work with that were in zones similar to that uh, with respect to where the yields came in significantly less than APH. Um, thankfully, the way the crop insurance scenario was structured, those that were in those pockets um, made out fairly well. I'll give you a specific example. Good. If you'd like that. Um, yeah. In 2012, in our farm operation, we yielded 149 bushel an acre. Okay. And we had eight inches of rain throughout the course of the year. Now, the rainfall that patterns and the timing was slightly different than the rainfall in 2012 but the temperatures and the heat and the the growing degree units and stuff were pretty similar to to 2023 okay and in 2023 we averaged 191 our APH is uh, essentially 223 um, last year we yielded like 240 so our yields were significantly off the pace but when you compare you know, 191 with the exact same amount of rain we had in 2012, and that year yeah. we yielded 149. That tells me that the the genetics and the management, and you know, you yeah. can't give it all the credit to the to the seed companies, but you got to give a, a big chunk of it to them. Sure. Uh, and then some of the management and, and a few of the other things, and there's probably some nuanced differences there too. But when you look at that, that is a pretty significant indication that you know we have to be really careful both from a marketing standpoint and from a risk management standpoint of how we're making decisions throughout the course of any given year when the when it appears that there's a threat the blessing that i had all year and i mentioned this on our our podcast that i do throughout mm-hmm. the course of the year is be careful not to have backyarditis yeah. And so as I drove around the country, I continually said, and anybody can go back and li- go back and listen to anywhere from May through September, mm-hmm. man, this crop looks really good for not having very much rain. It looks really yep. good here and there. And, but you could also drive through areas that looked pretty bad, yep. but they're, the drives were shorter. <laughs> and, yeah. and then as you went out East, you know, you got on the other side of the, of the Mississippi and, and started seeing, and there was pockets where it wasn't great, but there was a lot of pockets where it looked pretty amazing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, to me, that's one of the biggest lessons for 2023 is don't underestimate and then yeah, also absolutely. Um, understand your insurance levels and what you can sell. Um, you know, there were a lot of us who didn't sell because we were afraid the weather um, you know, and it's not throwing darts, but I mean, there just, there was a, there was a lot of complacency because of prior year's prices. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of, uh, fear because of the potential yield reductions based on what the weather was throwing at us. Mm-hmm. But we also had 
put in the most expensive crop ever. Yeah. Uh, and we also had the best insurance coverage we had ever had relative to the risk that was there. Yeah. And so I think the lesson is, is that, you know, we really got to make sure we utilize that insurance uh, system and, and not be afraid to make sales ahead of time or yeah. at least be locking the floors in and, and utilizing the tools that are available. Yeah. And ma <clears throat> maintain a little bit of flexibility so that if you would get a big runoff later in the year that, that you can still participate in some of the price price strength mm -hmm. that, that might have shown up. But here we are well below the levels that we saw back in June. Um, exactly. And, and guys might still be dealing. Well, I'm going to come back to that. I'm going to come back to that. First, you are one of the most innovative guys that I know of when it comes to, to growing soybeans. You were thinking early plantings before before anybody else that I know of, Chris. Mm -hmm. How did that work out this year? Yeah, well, to to be exact, in 2009 is when we started planting beans before corn, and and typically we're done with beans before we even start with corn. Even if yeah. it feels like we should be planting corn, we try to finish the beans. This year, our beans averaged, you know, our APH is 29 or is, is uh, 69. Our our final yield average this year was 68. So okay. even without any water, I mean, I don't know, I don't know where the beans oh, came man. from. But we planted early. We planted in great conditions. Our stands were perfect, you know, so that was, I think, really the key. But I still, I agree 100,000%, 100, plant early varieties early for your region, and it and it pays. And that's usually when the basis opportunity is there, too. So you're capturing kind of mm -hmm. twofold. You can capture the basis, and you can capture, you know, and then it, it gets a lot of the a crop out of the field, too. You know, harvest timing is always is a key thing, but yeah. you know, when you, when you combine basis and prove, you know, a better basement basis with a better yield, um, those things together yeah. in concert really add to the bottom line. Absolutely. Awesome. Absolutely. Bang the drum twice on that one. Yep. 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 And, and having them sold, having them out of, out of there, you know, I mean, there's a lot of value. I mean, I know yeah. there's a lot of people that store beans, but um, you know, you got to have a cash crop for most of us, you know, when you look yep. at line of credit, we'll talk about that here in a bit. But, you know, when you look at the value of money, um, having those dollars in sooner rather than later um, with these interest yep. rates and stuff is a big Okay, so too. talk about managing any inventory, any unpriced inventory that might still be out there in the bin. How well, how good of a job do you think farmers did in, in moving the 23 crop? Oh, you're going to get me in trouble with that question. <laughs> Um, I don't know. I suppose as, as an industry, we probably get a C minus. Yeah. Um, and I just, and you just asked that question and that's, I'm answering that right off the top of my head. Um, yeah. maybe a C, but you know, it's, there's a lot of bushels out there. And, and again, you know, we just talked about, you know, did we utilize the insurance uh, tools like we should have did we yeah. did we risk mitigate did we set any floors did we did we take risk off the table you know those are all questions that are learning opportunities you either win or you learn i'm not a big believer in losing i think you either win or you learn and i think yeah. um you know i think there's a lot of learning opportunities coming out of 23 as an opportunity to, to make, hopefully make better decisions in the future but what i would say okay what do we do with the remaining bushel i think it's an algebra uh question for all of us we have to sit down and we have to look at okay what's our cost of money what do we have borrowed first um what's our working capital position 
second. The next one would be working capital, or excuse me, it would be, would be, uh, you know, what what is this interest costing you? But yeah. what, how much do you have sold? Yeah. You know, as another one, you know, are you in a position where you need to, you know, just be working on making these prepayments? There's going to be a lot of cash rents due. Yeah. Um, coming in in March. And so there, there's just some algebra that has to be done and everybody has to, you know, it's kind a of complicated list. decision this year is the bottom line on it. Yeah, exactly. Yep. But everybody needs to do their own math, though, because, yep. I mean, it, it's easy to sit here and say, yeah, you know, as soon as you get five dollar corn unloaded or whatever, you know, well, mm -hmm. it depends on what how much you sold. I mean, if you're 80 percent sold at, at 620. Yeah. And, you know, that's a different algebra problem than somebody that's you know, 15% sold at right. 610. Exactly. I just got a you message uh, th at the end of last week uh, from somebody that said, hey, it's a real problem having to, you know, uh, move this or haul this $6.80 corn into work or into town. You know, that <laughs> kind of a problem and that kind of work is fun to do. We're in the middle yeah. of a conversation with Chris Barron, CNB Farms, AgView Solutions. We're going to get right back to it. Thinking about 2024 next with Chris. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. Let's go to the markets page at profarmer.com and check Friday's closes where March hard red winter wheat futures were three and three quarter cents lower at 623. March soft red wheat up three and three quarters to 616 and one quarter. On Friday, March corn futures were a half cent higher, 473. May corn up one half of a cent, 485 and three quarters. January soybeans on Friday were two and a half cents higher, 1299 and three quarters. March beans up four and a half to 1306 and one quarter. March cotton was 63 points higher at 79.76. On your livestock's February fat cattle were 15 cents lower, 168.52 and a half. March feeder futures up $1, 2 cents and one half to 224.40. February lean hog futures were 70 cents higher at 71.35. Get more market news every market day. Just go to tryprofarmer.com. Opinions expressed on AgriTalk do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm Journal Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors. It's that time. Christmas time is here. Everybody knows there's not a bear. 
Welcome back to AgriTalk on this Christmas Day, 2023. Merry Christmas to you all. We're in the middle of a conversation with Chris Barron, CMB Farms and AgView Solutions. Chris, there at the end of the last segment, we were talking about, okay, managing that remaining 2023 inventory that, that isn't priced. It's a whole lot of fun to deliver 620 or 680 corn at this time of the year because you were more, you know, you more forward thinking i'll just say it more forward thinking in your in your marketing plan but if you've got unpriced inventory like you said it's an algebra problem figuring out exactly how aggressive you've got to be because it how much you've got sold uh comes into play on the on the question the interest rates that you're dealing with and everything let's take all of that and move it a year forward now and start thinking about 2024 as you've got guys going through the thought process and the decision-making process on what they are going to do in 2024, what do you want them focused on? Well, um, I'll do a better job on on the algebra uh, <laughs> statements than I did in the first one. I kind of lost my train of thought there. I was getting all excited. But I think on the algebra for 2024, you know, working capital is number one. What, what is your working capital position? So, you know, you want to look at those those current assets minus those current liabilities and say, okay, where am I at as a percent of, you know, of my expenses and, and, you know, and, and having that conversation with the lender and, you know, or, or somebody from the outside looking in, I think is, is really advisable. I also think that, you know, a person has to look at what are, what are their um, debt requirements? In other words, what, what's on line of credit throughout the course of the year and what's that cash flow going to look like? But the most important number in that number two in this line of credit and cash flow yeah. is uh, is your principal and interest payments. Mm-hmm. Um, in the last three years with our clients, in my observation, I've seen a lot of people spend a fair amount of money on capital improvements. And so I think a person has to make sure that that number is first and foremost right below your working capital number and is in front of your eyes. Because, you know, it's easy to, well, it's not easy, but, you know, a farm gets bought, um, multiple pieces of equipment get purchased. There's these capital items, grain bins, uh, shops, um, mm-hmm. accidentally bought a boat. I'm joking. But, you know, <laughs> these things that get purchased that require debt service that are in addition to what you, you know, had maybe two years ago. Yeah. And now all of a sudden the revenue stream is significantly lower by, by some percentage point. Nobody mm-hmm. knows for sure yet because it depends on yield and price. But as that revenue stream comes down in your cash flow, can you can you still meet those debt service requirements? And so right. that's a critical thing. The other thing is interest rates. I mean, we talk yep. about interest rates, you know, potentially going down. Well, you know, interest rates, and I'm just going to pull it up here real quick. We are currently, as of right now, interest rate expectations for 2024 are up 71%. Ooh. And so why is it up 71%? Well, if you think about interest rates going, let's just say they go from 4% to 8%. That's yep. not a 4% increase. That's a 100%, no, 100% increase. 100% increase. And yes. so what we're seeing is we have clients that we're seeing as much as 130% increase because they have in, <laughs> because they have purchased some things and that required cash to, to make the down payments. Therefore, their working capital position is less. Mm-hmm. So I think we all have to sit down and 
you know, we can either be informed or we can be happy. And I think we need to be informed in this situation. We need to sit down and we need to crunch these numbers and get them really dialed in and say, okay, what is our interest rate cost this year versus last year? And then understand what that number is so that we can accommodate it so that we can manage ourselves with with how we're doing our marketing, how we're managing our inputs and all those things. Yeah. And then the last one is inventory. The other thing that's really screwing up balance sheets right now mm-hmm. and coming off of 23, um, which is kind of wrapping up our, our conversation on the 23, but it's important for 24 is um, we're seeing a lot of balance sheet working capital reductions for these reasons I just yeah. explained from 23 as well. Yeah. It's also going to spill over into 24. And so the other thing that's happening that has is hit, that was, has hit some operations very quickly, hasn't it, Chris? Oh, it's it's an instantaneous one with respect yes. to grain inventory. Because if you're sitting on fifty percent of your grain inventory unpriced, <laughs> yep. and last year you had fifty percent of your grain inventory on the on the books at yep. six dollars or even five fifty, and now you got it on there at four fifty, that's yep. a significant working capital reduction. Yep. Uh, on your balance sheet. And so those are just some, some sort of watch outs and things we're, we're really seeing Um, as far as cost production. um, Yeah. Let's talk about that. Yeah. It has come down quite a bit um, on corn. Um, Let's see. Well, it's got to come down coming off of the most expensive corn Uh, crop you guys have ever planted. Yeah. It doesn't have to come down. (laughs) You're right. You're right. But, but you know, with with similar yields, um, well, basically what we do is we plug in APHs for guys, and right now we're at 483 on corn and 1252 on soybeans. I don't have enough data on wheat to feel comfortable verbalizing that at this point. Yeah, okay. But yeah, on those no two, and so you know, as we look at that right now, our clients, uh, as far as sales go, are about 11% sold on corn and about 6% sold on soybeans for 24. So there's that, man, there's a lot to go yet, but there's still some margin there. If, if you know, if yeah. if a person can get, you know, five dollars for corn or you know, thirteen dollars for soybeans, it, you know, you, yeah. I mean, the person got to run their own numbers. But looking at it from the average perspective, sure. um, there's opportunity there, and, and not every year is it that case. I mean, we went from 2015 through 2019 every year at the beginning of the year at this time of year when we were looking at the upcoming year yeah. it's pretty pretty hard to to make the bottom line black yeah it's usually red yeah that's you know that's when we were talking about yeah our 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 friend tommy grisafi all of a sudden became famous by but i, I shouldn't say all of a sudden but his <laughs> buy by puts when you can not when you have to exactly that's what we were dealing with at that time some yeah. you know the other thing is the the phrase uh, became popular. Sometimes you got to manage losses as aggressively as you manage profits. Yeah. Well, yeah. Tommy used to beat me up on the idea of you know we have profit <laughs> manager, and he's like, you need to change the name to loss, least loss manager. You know, so you so when you're doing your crop rotation, you figure out which crop's yep. going to lose you the least amount of money and and grow more of whatever that is. You know, it. it I guess I'm I'm more optimistic though for 2024. I am too. Um, I, I mean, I, I think that, you know, guys are doing a better job. All of a sudden, we're getting a lot more phone calls than we did in the last two years. People are realizing, okay, we need to be doing some math here. I mean, yeah. it, let's face it, it's human nature to get a little bit lackadaisical when things are good and all you have to do is wake up and you're making money. But when you wake up and you have to crunch some numbers to figure out how you're going to make yep. money or how you're going to stay even, 
um, you know, all of a sudden the priorities of, of doing the math, making sure you understand these line item expenses, you know, that return to management category, that overhead yep. cost. Yep. Inflation is kind of, it hasn't stopped going up, but it, the, the rate of increase has really slowed down, which mm -hmm. we can see that. So that's helping some. We haven't seen land rents um, really go down much. Um, I made a comment on another conversation with somebody that haven't had anybody tell me that their rent's gone down. And then I got three emails from people that um, our, our land rent went down a little bit. Wow. But, um, but the ones that I've ran so far where we actually run the real numbers and I look at mm -hmm. the real um, leases and those kind of things, we have not seen a, a land cost reduction yet. Um, but, you know, it's just kind of what we're seeing. Fertilizers off the pace pretty significantly. Nitrogen's off the pace pretty significantly. Uh, now, machinery is still kind of steady to just a touch higher used yeah. equipment values have really come down. So guys are, are still spending a little bit of money on some used equipment to kind of finish shoring up the equipment yeah. fleet. So yeah. that's kind of what we're seeing. And please, please don't, don't think that you can wait to do this math. Do the math now, uh, no. because if we get a problem down in Brazil that eventually triggers some short covering or even some fresh buying to come into corn and to soybeans. You want to know what that number is before that rally, before that influence from South America would happen so that you can be there before the market gets there with some sell orders. Am I exactly. saying that right? Absolutely. But I would even, I, I love that. And then I would just expand that just a touch by saying establish a margin target. In other words, okay. if you, once you know that number, then if you can sell the corn at $5 and that's giving you a 6% return, then establish a a target for okay. return because it's really hard to pick the price. Yep. But, you know, if you can establish that and say, well, I'm going to put targets in and I'm going to have these offers in at, at whatever your number is because it seems like, and I, you know, and nobody knows for sure, but it always seems like in these years of tight margin scenarios, you really got to have those offers in because they hit at night and you got about three yeah. seconds for them. Yeah. And if you, if you think you're going to catch it, good luck. You know, it, it, you kind of got to, you kind of got to have that plan in place and work with your broker or work with your, wherever you're selling your grain and have those targets in. And then I think yep. uh, you're in pretty good That's, shape. That right there, Chris, is why maybe my favorite saying that I've been using more and more of over the past couple of years is be there before the market gets there. Uh, you just exactly. do not have time in, in the way that the market functions right now. You do not have time to allow a market to get up to that seven and a half percent return on, on 24 corn and say, now's the right time. I'm going to pull the trigger. Well, now it's five. Now it's a 5% return. And that isn't what you wanted it to be in the so it's a lot of got to put the work in before the market gets there. Chris, Merry Christmas to you, buddy. Appreciate all you do, man. Yeah, it's awesome, and really appreciate your guys' time today. And thanks for the opportunity. And Merry Christmas. All right, that's Chris Barron, CNB Farms, AgView Solutions, Davis, and I'll be right back to wrap things up. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. 
FullScale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about FullScale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. We don't make the news, we render it. Agritalk. I'll be so blue, just thinking about you. Welcome back to Agritalk, everybody. On this Christmas Day, your pal Davis Michelson here with uh, Chip Flory in the yeah. wings there. Hey, buddy. Hey. Everything's yep. good here. Good, good. Um, it's <laughs> always good to check in with. Chris Barron, um, yes. CMB Farms and AgView Solutions, because he's got the bottom line um, in mind here. I just, you know what? Yeah. Let's rewind to yesteryear yeah. a little bit um, <laughs> to conversations about uh, some pressing crises of the time. Santaflation, please bring down my inputs costs. Santaflation, before all of my profit is lost. Santaflation, cause mama needs a new pair of shoes. See, this is where our heads were at last year, this very yes. same time, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Um, you know, Santaflation, okay, we've sh- we've shaved a little bit off. Um, applications of fertilizers in the fall reportedly super robust. The weather was terrific there. Um, but there are some comments that Chris made. Sometimes yeah. when we're doing these things, the best conversations are off the air. I know. Um, I know. We were able to capture just a little something extra exactly. from Chris Barron from the conversation earlier uh, earlier today. Yeah, exactly. And, and w- one of the things that he said after the – after we wrapped up with him for the last segment there uh, was that he's going to steal the line from me, be there before the market gets there. Mm-hmm. And Good what, one. what I'm talking, I've said, how many times have I said it this year? Uh, it, it's, it's been just something that you've got to do. And it's because it was the most expensive corn crop we've ever planted. Mm-hmm. So understand what that return is that you need that you need and then go forward from there. So, so Chris is going to says that, that he's going to steal that line from me, but most importantly, he explained why he's going to steal that line. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do a stress uh, it, test. And then you'll really realize why what you just said is so important. Cause if you, okay. because the banks are going to do a stress test and they're going to run the numbers in such a way that they're going to look at um, what happens if this goes South. You know, what, what, how much working capital burn could occur because the bank has to look at it from a risk mitigation perspective. And so mm-hmm. put your banker hat on as a producer and think about what that looks like. And so that's why I would echo what you said is a great statement because, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> you know, what happens if 
if we got to sell all our corn at, at 422 yeah you know as our final selling price and our cost of productions you know 480 yeah i mean that's <laughs> that's the scary part you know yep but but yep. you know that's like the i tell the part yeah but that's like <laughs> i tell a lot of our clients though look at how much money was made in the last couple of years and look at the years that there were losses in 15 through 19 and then look at the average we're averaging about our clients are averaging about a just shy of a 12% ROI over a 10 year period. And so, and there's years of loss and there's years of gain. You have to manage the losses and capture the gain. There and, it is. And I think people do a pretty good job of that. It's just, it's just not as much fun when I'm, you're in. I'm glad loss. that you brought that up. And, and that's a good reason to be more optimistic because more people are figuring out that, there's way to calculate a risk management plan. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's perfect good stuff. That's perfect right there, Davis. Yeah. That that conversation after the conversation, a mm -hmm. uh, couple of takes away takeaways from that. Do the stress tests. In other words, yeah. put your banker hat on as a producer and understand understand that you can calculate a risk management plan for the year ahead. Mm -hmm. it, 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 because the banker's going to run a stress test. Exactly. Whether you like it or not. That's exactly right. You don't dude. want any surprises in there. Not at that moment. No, no. And uh, if 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 you the better the the better you understand it, the I I think the more it makes sense in this idea of being there before the market gets there with some of your yeah. your selling strategy. So there mm -hmm. you go. There you yeah. go. Boy, that was a pretty serious conversation there for the last segment on Christmas Day. It absolutely was. Generally, we like to bring in a little more jocularity. Yes. To this sort of moment here. Yeah. But that but was good. Important, vital, vital information. And really, uh, he, I think, didn't he give the industry a C minus, maybe a C yeah. on marketing? Maybe we yeah. can bring that up to a B minus, maybe even a B plus in 2024. What do you think? Well, you know, you got to be better than average. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You that—that's the bottom line. Yep. Uh, Chris mentioned where we are in this whole process. Uh, it's not twelve thirteen, okay? Where the money, even though we had some crop issues, the money was coming in pretty quickly. Um, this is more fourteen fifteen, fifteen sixteen, sixteen seventeen, where instead of managing profits and and deciding how much we're going to sell at a seven and a half percent return or 10 percent return instead it's okay how much am i willing to sell here at mm -hmm. at a five percent loss right yep so, and there was that discussion of you got to manage losses as aggressively as you manage profit because when he talks about that 12 percent roi over over 10 years mm -hmm. uh that's a great number I'd like oh, to be getting twelve percent, you know, um, on anything. I don't care it what it, it is. Yeah, it'll a it'll double things fa double things faster than a seven percent return, won't it? But understand that that's an average. There were probably some two percents in there, some goose eggs maybe in there to get oh, yeah. to that. Um, and that's why all of this is so important to just keep your head around it. Yep, yep. And you know, one other point that I'm going to make on all of this. Yeah. When we look forward into 2024, I continue to hear talk and speculation that ad hoc payments are out. Mm -hmm. We're not, 
government types are saying that the ad hoc payments are out. That means that, boy, get serious on your risk management strategies for the year ahead. Yep. Davis, we got one more week left in 2023. Can you believe that? Ah, some of us will be spending that week at work. Some of us won't. (laughs) (laughs) I hope you have a great time off, dude. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate it. All right. Merry Christmas to you all. Uh, We are going to be back here tomorrow. I'm not exactly sure what we've got lined up for you right now, (laughs) but I know it's going to be another great Agritalk.